Welcome, Kim, to Limitless Hairdresser Podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. We're <laughs> actually re-recording this episode, right? <laughs> but who knows what this one will bring because it's a fresh start. Yes, but, uh, we love that. <laughs> you know, with with everything that you try to do uh, to become successful and, you know, perfect things uh, comes challenges and the entire... <laughs> Uh, I don't want to think about it. The entire episode that we recorded last time got deleted. So here we are again at the yoga place in downtown Midland, Michigan. And we are at Kim's studio and we've got everything set up really peacefully here. So we're going to be delivering you an amazing, amazing episode today. So thank you, Kim. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you became a yoga teacher, how you found that path uh, for you in your life and a little bit about Kim. Okay, let's see. I stepped into a yoga class. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe 20 years ago. That's crazy. But I stepped into my first yoga class. I was just curious about the practice. Um, Walked into the class completely uh, out of my comfort zone. Could not do any of the postures. Was not breathing correctly. Felt totally out of place. And um, wasn't going to go back. I didn't like it. (laughs) <laughs> really? I didn't like I didn't like it I didn't like my experience because I was totally out of my comfort zone mm. I, it was out, it was an out of control experience right and so but I had bought 10 classes so I kept going back I didn't want to waste the money so I said I'll go back at least 10 times and then I'll quit yoga um, but I kept going back and what started to happen was I guess that control freak that, that our ego my ego uh, the part of us that likes to keep us held in places of suffering like to keep us in our old patterns of behavior it doesn't want us to change and grow at all that part of me started to relax the more I went to class and so eventually you know this other part of me came forward um, the spirit the soul the higher self that loves change and loves to break free from the suffering that we impose on ourselves so it's like the ego softened the more I went back it, it let go of its hold and then I got to actually relax and get the true experience of yoga which is such a loving kind experience. So I started feeling that more than out of my comfort zone. I started feeling all the love in the room, all of the acceptance in the room. Um, I started experiencing the quietness and stillness, the, the inward focus, which I also wasn't good at. When I first started yoga, I couldn't be still. I couldn't shut up. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't focus inward, you know. Um, but eventually, again, you know, I just softened and the practice, you know, led me inward. And I started to feel the true essence of yoga, which is just pure, unconditional love. And then I fell in love with it after 10 classes. I fell in love with the way I felt. I didn't necessarily fall in love with the postures. That that all still felt weird to me. I still wasn't breathing correctly. But I fell in love with the way that I started to feel, just soft around the inside, um, just more in control in a different way. Looking on the inside instead of trying to control the outside world, I started, you know, looking inward for everything and, and finding this whole other world in there. So then I started doing a lot of yoga and I eventually I sat next to this other student in class and it was his dream to open a yoga studio, Andrew Criswell. 
He was a high-paid engineer at the time, but very miserable, stuck in his own <laughs> suffering. Ego wasn't letting him out of it. Um, but he sat next to me, I sat next to him, and he told me his dream of opening a yoga studio. And I said, well, you have to follow your dreams or it will, you know, torture you. If we don't follow our hearts, you know, our hearts don't give up. So you're going to have to follow that dream. And we just kept coming back to that same yoga class, talking about it for years. And then one day he decided he was ready to quit his high-paid engineering job and open a yoga studio. And he asked me if I would do it with him. So that's how this all came about. Like the yoga studio, me as a yoga teacher, it wasn't something I planned on or came up with. It was just I sat next to this person in yoga class. I mean, yoga opens up such a whole new world, you know, where we get to explore a whole new side of ourselves if we're willing. And, you know, just from stepping out of my comfort zone, going to that yoga class, just hating it at first, but then I just kept going back and beautiful things happened. And that's why, you know, if you just show up to yoga, beautiful mm-hmm. things are going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that right there, that's that's your whole, why wouldn't you show up? Mm-hmm. Be- every part of you is going to change. All your relationships will change. Everything you're doing will change. You'll break free from your suffering. You know, you'll find a whole new world on the inside You'll fall in love with yourself. It's just incredible. And so, you know, 20 years later, you know, that's the experience for me is yoga just, it changed everything in the most beautiful way. It's not easy because no. you have to keep showing up. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. You know, our ego compares and competes and causes suffering in your yoga class. You bring those bad habits to your mat. Now you feel bad because you can't do the pose as well as they can do the pose or, you know, you know, there's so many reasons if you, you know, to feel bad, but eventually that all clears out, ego softens and you connect to your spirit, your true self. And that part of you is all about unconditional love. There's no comparing, there's no competing, there's no suffering. So eventually that breakthrough happens over and over and over again. Yeah. And um, it's so funny because even experience. hearing you say that about mm-hmm. yoga and, mm-hmm. you know, the practice of yoga, being uncomfortable, putting mm-hmm. yourself in those positions mm-hmm. and showing up for the practice mm-hmm. is so, you know, uh, paralleled to just life in absolutely. general, absolutely you know, showing up for those next steps and mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. having enough courage mm-hmm. to get yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, we have a lot of hairdressers mm-hmm. listening and, mm-hmm. you know, you could take this whole message that Kim's sharing today and I'm super excited to dive a little deeper into what yoga means and and how you can use these 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 tools and these practices in your everyday life even if you're not going to class six days a week and and practicing asana Mm -hmm. every single day you can use these different um, ways of living life to to, to experience just that, the more inner peace, the mm-hmm. more connection with your true self, mm-hmm. um, eliminating the ego from being in control every day um, and driving the bus of your life. Right, because, you know, ego, you know, ego loves suffering. It's an mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to hold you in those places of suffering because it knows them well. And then yoga is going to start asking you to be something different. It's going to offer you 
a different option, Mm -hmm. you know, to break free from that suffering. And yeah, maybe you're just doing yoga once a week, which is amazing if you can commit to that at first, once a week. That's what I did. I would just go back to class once a week. That's the time I had. That's the money I had to spend on yoga once a week. Um, But eventually it became twice a week and, you know, four times a week and six days a week. But that's a journey all into itself. So showing up once a week, maybe it's once a month at first. Yeah. You know, I have students that show up once a month. If, if there's people out there listening that haven't ever practiced yoga and maybe that's their uncomfortable zone where, mm-hmm, you know, where you're mm-hmm. at and where I was definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah. I first started, I yeah. look around the room and I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to be able to put my leg behind my head. <laughs> I want to be able to do a handstand and do all that. And, you know, it just mm-hmm. wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those kind of things can hold you back from even committing to keep showing up and keep practicing to ever get there, you know, in your life, if you're Mm -hmm. working on your career or if you're, you know, Mm -hmm. doing something like working on personal development. Mm -hmm. So what small steps uh, would you have advice to give to them to just start showing up and, and how could you get past some of those internal roadblocks that the ego wants to kind of keep us trapped into getting to Mm -hmm. the other side of, Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, you know, first of all, yoga is not a pose. So if you're worried about the postures, maybe you haven't heard heard that yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think yoga is postures. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go to class and I'm going to show how worthy I am by doing great postures and I'm going to go there to prove myself. I'm going to go there. You know, I have to be good to get love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You want to have the cutest outfit. You want to look the best. It's kind of like going to the gym, you know, it's like showing off and sort of showing up. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. None of that matters, you know, because yoga, when you come to your, to your mat, you start to find an internal focus. So we're focusing inward. So the outside world, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter what the postures look like. We're there to find that place of meditation. So the breath and the postures and what we call bandhas and drishtis, yoga has this, this system set up to draw you into that internal space. And that's what it's asking of you. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, the obstacles are going to come up in your head. I don't know if I'm going to be good enough when I go to that yoga class. What is everybody else in the room going to be doing? None of that matters. You know, you're doing this for you. And so... When you come to your mat, it doesn't matter what they're doing. You're finding your place for today. And your pose may look very different than the pose of the person next to you, but who cares? You know, maybe they've been practicing. <laughs> maybe they've been practicing yeah. for 20 years and this is your first yoga. Pra- I mean, it's it's just foolish mm-hmm. to compare mm-hmm. and compete when we're in yoga. That's not what it's about. It's not what it looks like. It's what it feels like. So we're trying to get you more in touch with how do things feel not just on your mat, but in your life, outside mm-hmm. world. How do things feel in your life? Let's start to use that to make our decisions of where we're going next. Not mm-hmm. what does it look like? What does everything look like? We're, that's ego. Mm-hmm. It's so hung up on what everything looks like. So we're willing to suffer as long as it looks good. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're willing to be very unhappy people yeah. as long as it looks good. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's so parallel to, you know, what we're going through a lot in our industry as hairdressers you know it's it's been traditionally very 
surface level mm-hmm. um, perceived mm-hmm. perceived mm-hmm. to be surface level right. career and and what we do is make things look pretty so mm-hmm. we're painting hair and we're cutting mm-hmm. and and since this rise of Instagram and social media oh, yeah. it, this is the exact same thing mm-hmm. that yeah. we're going through is mm-hmm. the compare and compete you know mm-hmm. putting your picture up on on the in- Instagram and it doesn't mm-hmm. get as many likes as another person's or you're seeing other people growing and you're not feeling like you're quite there yet like it's okay everybody needs to be it's the journey just be where you are exactly instead of exactly just get comfortable where you are just get comfortable where you are because you are wherever you are it's perfect for you right now Mm -hmm. for where you're going for the journey you know so wherever you are getting relaxing and saying this is exactly where I'm supposed to be you don't know the story of that person, you mm-hmm. know, in yoga class next to you or why they are where they are. And let me tell you something, you can't look at someone in a pose and know how enlightened they are or how happy they <laughs> yeah. are. I mean, I've seen people twist all up and do all kinds of crazy moves. And they're sad. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Or they're not someone I want to hang out with for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't tell by looking at someone if they're truly happy, mm-hmm. if they're truly content. Whether you're looking at their appearance, whether you're looking at their yoga pose or the material things they have, you cannot tell how happy they are. In our class, we've been listening to uh, the R.E.M. song, Everybody Hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been listening to that in pigeon pose. And I love that because I want to say, okay, before you look on Facebook, you have to listen to the song. Okay, because we need the reminder. Oh, my God, so right? good. Yeah, and so I think that every time I play it in class, I want to say, if you're going to go on Facebook today, you have to listen to the song, you know. We all hurt. We all have obstacles. We're all struggling. We all wake up with an ego. We all wake up with this crazy mind that is getting us all, you know, hyped up. And, you know, I'm not good enough. And what do I need to do today to get love? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) You came into this world Mm -hmm. as the most lovable thing ever. And that's what you remain. We just stray so far from that. And yoga is asking you to come back to that. Come back to that place where you realize you are love. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to. Even, you don't have to be perfect in that yoga pose for the yoga teacher to love you. She's going to be so happy when you step into the room. The mm-hmm. love starts there. Mm-hmm. It starts there. Unconditional love, and it doesn't change according to the pose you're doing. You know, we're just here to help you find your place in the pose. You have to go deep enough to release tension in your muscles. You have to go deep enough so that. You're coming to the present moment because there's enough happening in the pose. I want you to challenge yourself. But yoga is not a pose. So we have to get back to the idea it's a way of life. It's, it's a mindset. You know, it's coming back home to that loving place where we've strayed so far from with all the focus on the outside with world. all the shit, you can say Yeah, it. you know, <laughs> I was thinking carefully of the wor- word to use, but I wish we didn't stray so far from it. Because then we get so sad mm-hmm. and then we're not really kind. Yeah. And if we'd come back home, we'd be kinder to everything in the world. Mm-hmm. And that would make me, you know, so happy. <laughs> but I'm not attached too. to that. You know, everyone get. but you know, I mean, it just feels so good to come back mm-hmm. to it. That's why you and I do so much yoga. Mm-hmm. We know how good it feels to come back to that place, the true yeah. self. We come back to that over and over again because once you find it, mm-hmm. you just want to keep coming back to it. And the interesting so. thing is, you know, when I find the resistances, and you probably feel this too, when you find the mm-hmm. resistances in your physical body, you know, doing it, the yoga practice, the physical practice of yoga, you know, getting into a new position or, you know, 
getting mm-hmm. into, you know, Marichyasana D for the first time. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that is, you basically are just like twisted around yourself. Right, it's right, very right, difficult. Right, yeah. I had to quit eating cheese to get into <laughs> right. it. Right. That that <laughs> yoga makes us give up, you know, <laughs> only things that are causing us, yeah. you know, harm. But those resistances to get into those harder places or those farther along places are the places that I tend to love the most. Where, oh, it, where it starts to feel really hard mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. enjoyable. It's like this, it mm-hmm. sounds very strange because it sounds a little bit self-torturous, but in like a good way, because I know mm-hmm. that if the pain is there, mm-hmm. there's going to be something on the other side. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All your freedom is on the other side of all that discomfort, right? So we want to go deep enough and find these uncomfortable places because those postures are offering you liberation from you know, your resistance, you know, it's freeing up all the energy that's been stuck inside of you. It's helping you release the past and the fear and all that stuff. So those postures where we struggle in, eventually we feel so free and happy because we've cleared so much out to get into that pose. The practice has asked us, you know, to change a lot about our lives. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's it's not even just showing up. Sometimes the practice is saying, yeah, give up the cheese. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did the same thing when I was trying to get into some poses. I, I was like, I'm in the way. I need <laughs> yeah. to change my diet. Physically and mentally. Yeah. Like, I got to do something different. But I love that because the practice is always asking you to become the best variation of yourself that you can become because then you get to feel the best. Mm-hmm. So it starts to ask you to make changes even beyond the postures. There are changes that you'll make in your outside world uh, to have a better yoga practice, yeah. not so that you're showing off in a pose, but so that it all feels better. Every part of it, every part of your life starts to feel better. But I love those postures that are difficult. And for you, it may be Marichiasana D. And for someone else, it may just be a forward bend. Mm-hmm. That they find all that resistance in a forward Mine bend. Mine used to be a forward right? bend. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be, the, you know, it doesn't have to be this crazy yeah. twisted up posture where a teacher is adjusting you. We walk into yoga, we can find our resistance in a very simple, easy pose. That's good because that's what we want you to find it. I don't care what pose you find it in. I just want you to find your limitations. I want you to find your resistance, your fear, so we can work through it so you can liberate yourself. And Mm -hmm. I don't care what pose that is. You know, we don't care about what pose it is, Mm -hmm. but I'm helping you as a teacher find it. I'm helping Mm -hmm. you find those walls so you can, together, I can help you break through them so you're liberated, you're happier, the whole world benefits from that, right? Yeah. So every time you do yoga, Kelly, everything in this world benefits. Mm-hmm. Everything. Because you're freeing yourself. And in that place of freedom, you're becoming, you know, so much bad, just uh, bringing forth so much good energy. And you're bringing everything up to a higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it could be, you know, it could be a yoga practice, you know, you don't even want to be there that day, yeah. but you still show up and you do the practice. Every single thing in this world benefits because you stepped on your mat and did your mm-hmm. practice. And I think that's so beautiful. You know what I mean? Like everything that comes forth, this large, healing, beautiful energy comes forth in these practices and everything benefits from it, you know? Yeah. And when we say, you know, the yoga teaches you this or the practice teaches you this, what that kind of means is, at least to me, when I'm showing up for my practice, whether that's a meditation or whether that's, you know, change, shifting my state of mind, uh, getting out of a negative place or, you know, getting into a pose, what's actually what I hear or what I feel in that, you know, yoga is teaching me is my is my own mind, is my own mm-hmm. higher self communicating mm-hmm. with me, mm-hmm. saying, you know, if you're quiet enough and you're in the moment enough, 
you'll start to hear things come in. Your thoughts start to slow down enough that you can identify what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And that's the lesson for me. Absolutely. You know, like, hey, you want to get into this pose while you're in the way. And that could look like something physically. Maybe you're not treating your body body nicely with, you know, not eating foods that are nourishing yourself, or maybe you're you're indulging in, in, um, you know, too much of one thing or not enough of another, whatever that looks like to you, or a thought process that's, that's eliminating you from getting to the next level. Maybe something that's, you're not feeling worthy of something, or you're feeling, um, not confident about something. You know, those are things that, that keep us from getting to that next place. And that's where I tend to find out what it actually is. Well, yeah, because you're going to that place of awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So you are going to a place in the pose where you're observing yourself. Mm -hmm. So you get to start to see what you're doing, you know, to be that obstacle, what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you're allowing, what you're not allowing. Are you breathing deeply or are you doing shallow breath? You know, you're going to this place. That's meditation. Mm -hmm. So meditation I'm coming to this place of stillness. I'm breathing deeply. I'm turning my focus inward and I'm observing who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to that place of awareness of what I'm doing to cause my own self suffering and what I can change, you know, to liberate myself. So it's this whole place of you meeting you Mm -hmm. and you can't hide from yourself. You know no. what I mean? Like the practice will expose everything to mm-hmm. you so that you can make some different decisions so that we can change things so that we can feel better. It's not exposing, it's not exposing tight hips to you so you can feel bad that you have tight hips. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exposing it to you because it says, I can work this out with you. Mm-hmm. Just keep coming back to me. Let me show you because we're so unaware of what we're doing mm-hmm. to hold ourselves back, to cause ourselves suffering, you know, to make relationships difficult. We're so unaware of what we're doing, our part in it. And yoga says, I want to show you your part. Yeah. Because you can only change yourself, right? But if you know your part and what you're doing, you can start to change it. So I love how it creates this space and it's asking you to take a look, look inside what's going on. It's also going to offer you the solution to it all. If you get quiet enough and you're still enough, and, you know, in, in yoga, we're moving in and out of postures, but finding that place of stillness again and quietness and place of meditation. But it's going to offer you the solution. And I love that. I think that's yeah. so miraculous that you can bring your problems to your mat and you will find a solution on the inside. Mm-hmm. You will know what to do. Sometimes it's not even words. It's just that you are guided to do something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you just see it working, you know, that you're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. It just led me here. Yeah. And sometimes it can be kind of scary to listen to your inner guidance because mm-hmm. your ego is mm-hmm. very strong. It's mm-hmm. like a bully. And mm-hmm. it wants to step in and be like, oh, yeah, you want to do that? You think you can? No, you can. I don't think you can. You're not going to be good enough. What if this happens? What if that happens? And mm-hmm. then your inner guidance starts to fe- kind of fade once you lose that mm-hmm. um, the connection with it. So right. for me, at least, I am constantly, because I have a very loud ego and a very mm-hmm. bossy mm-hmm. ego, <laughs> maybe like some of you, mine's like a little <laughs> punk. But, uh, you know, for me... I have to constantly, constantly, constantly come back to uh, finding my way to my inner guidance and my inner voice, my higher self, to be able to keep moving forward. Right. And that's the practice, right? Yeah. That's the practice. Mm -hmm. 
finding that place and then straying away again, finding that place. And then our mind takes us out of that place. You know, we come back to meditation, back to that quiet place, uh, you know, and then we're drawn back out of it. You know, the thing is that if you get more in touch with how you feel, you'll know what's right. Because when you, when you're in your head and ego's taken over, it's very confusing. Um, but if you start to instead get out of your head and more deep into your body and into that, you know, internal space of guidance, now it's just a matter of how does this feel to know if it's right for me? Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, the ego is going to throw so many thoughts at you and it's going to be very confusing and it is going to be uh, very mean and very demanding because our egos are insecure. That's, that's just, you know, what they are. But, um, you know, we try to get it back to how does everything feel? And I feel like whenever I'm connected more often than not with my my inner guidance and, and I'm moving from a place that's more of my heart, things feel mm-hmm. like they're in the flow. Almost like Absolutely. you're like in like a commercial where you're just like yeah. walking down the street and there's yeah. like a guy looking at everything. everything around you and he's like whistling and the sun is shining. That's and it's, what it's like. Everything like that could happen bad to him somehow just avoids it. Like that for me is like when I have vision me mm. being in the flow i'm like that's everything how it is. is just like the 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 things are just moving out of the way for me to like seamlessly and most with most ease just mm-hmm. float through life mm-hmm. and when i'm not mm-hmm. connected mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my ego is more forward mm-hmm. it's like that little rock there now is hitting my toe and oh, yeah. that dog poop over there i just stepped in <laughs> and all of a sudden there's only one rain cloud and it's raining only on me you know I'm, like and i'm late whole, to yoga class. and i'm late to yoga Can't class i forgot now. my yoga pants <laughs> like crystals hit this computer screen the right. uh, the podcast got deleted off my thing like yeah that's me out of the flow and Mm -hmm. those are for me Mm -hmm. the signs that it's time to get back it's like okay kelly your crystals are hitting your computer screen and now you have to pay hundreds hundreds of dollars that could have been avoided if you were just more connected with me Mm -hmm. come back come Mm -hmm. back and it's almost like a little game too because Mm -hmm. now my ego's like yeah get mad get pissed off at that computer don't buy any more crystals they're the Mm -hmm. ones who did it you know Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. kind of part of this game where we have to go that's an illusion and that's only what the ego wants us to believe and buy Mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. and our higher self is just still over here kind of waiting and it's so much more quiet so it's harder to um hear all the time and that's why you know practicing yoga and practicing meditation it allows our minds to be quieter so we can hear that inner guidance a little bit more loud absolutely you know and become more the observer than so involved in it all Mm -hmm. you know the yeah. crystal just hit my computer. <laughs> How interesting. Yes, exactly. Right. And <laughs> can I still, am I going to lose my yoga mind in that it's moment? not what I did. You but know, yeah. right. Do I lose my <laughs> yoga mind? And if I do, I'll have to come back to my yoga mind. But can I be okay even when things aren't going the way I want them to? Can I mm. still be okay? Can I stay in that place of surrender and relaxation or does my ego come forth and say, this should not be happening to Kelly, maybe someone else. The crystal should not have hit my computer today. I should not be dealing with this today. Why not? Mm-hmm. If you stay in, if you stay in your yoga mind, you're fine. It's mm-hmm. just something that happened. 
it doesn't have to be this crazy ordeal that now has drawn you out of that place and now you're stuck in this negative place. So yoga is trying to teach us that, you know, today I had this, um, you know, let's say I had this amazing practice. Wow, tomorrow it all, it doesn't go well at all. Can I handle both experiences? Mm -hmm. One day I'm balanced in my yoga pose. The next day I'm falling all over the place. That's the human experience. But we don't have to lose our yoga mind over it. But we do until we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I know it all sounds so We do until easy. we don't. But it is so simple. It's so simple. Like the whole thing is, it's kind of like when you're trying to find something in your house or your car or whatever, and you cannot find it mm-hmm. anywhere yeah, yeah. in the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in front of yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel absolutely. like that's the whole game. It is, yeah. Just of trying to stay in that connected place of mm-hmm. ease and peace is it's like it's always right there and available. It's it it's just we're so easy to forget that it's right. there. It's, it's right there. there. And you know, and you can just reconnect at any moment. And you know, the minute, the second after the crystal here computer, <laughs> if you relaxed, you would have reconnected and in everything would have, the solution would have been there instantly. Well, I was actually you know. recording on somebody else's <laughs> podcast. I literally was setting up and India Dunn, who's actually been on our podcast, I was on hers recording an episode. And as I was sitting down to literally start having a conversation with her, I knocked my knee. There it goes on the ground. And so I had, it was kind of funny because at my, in my, in my like instinct was to mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But I like circumstantially, I didn't have the time to do that because mm-hmm. I was about to be on a podcast talking about <laughs> not doing that. Right. <laughs> so right, it was, funny. it was really funny because it was a challenging moment of, of that, like, you know, angel devil thing happening and and I, I had to be forced back into that so then you know where where the things really for me picked up the pace where I was really fighting my ego was the um, steps it was going to take to get back to my normal state mm-hmm, which physically mm-hmm. physically that looked like to me mm-hmm. I have to go find someone to fix this mm-hmm. I've got to not have my computer mm-hmm. I can't do my regular workflow mm-hmm. everything is disrupted mm-hmm. and so here's my opportunity am I gonna mm-hmm. allow that to control the peace and happiness of these next mm-hmm. couple of weeks mm-hmm. or am I going to shift into right. a different position and allow the universe to just do its thing because I don't have to stay attached to that one Mm -hmm. experience that Mm -hmm. wasn't ideal (laughs) (laughs) and now it's all back and it's fine so you know it took me though you know everything that happens internally is just a mirror of the external they're kind of flip flop back and forth and so I had to really do the inner work mm-hmm. to stay aligned and calm mm-hmm. so that the rest of the time on the outside world not having the computer which typically would be a very disrupting factor everything worked out perfectly fine I was able That's to good. use the computer with another monitor I was able to go through my daily life I have a little bit less money but I planted a seed mm-hmm. of abundance and then some more came in so we're all good we're all good you know <laughs> and whatever whatever needs to happen for you to enlighten and awaken is what happens yeah sometimes we just don't for like me the it's w- been lots of mistakes and failures <laughs> well you know <laughs> sometimes we don't like the way that looks mm-hmm. but whatever is needed for your enlightenment and awakening is what comes forth. Mm-hmm. And then ego comes in and says, that shouldn't be happening. That's not going to get me where I want to go. 
How do you know that? I mean, obviously it happened. So it was there for your awakening. It's not a coincidence. It was there for your awakening, you know, and so those moments, a lot of times, symbolically, where we do, it was a yeah, you know, crystal stabbing. right, right, very <laughs> symbolic, very symbolic. But a lot of times, those you know, painful places or whatever, the not so happy places. I mean, damn, they've been the biggest moments of awakening. If I look back on my life and the moments that were the hardest, you know, really got me to awaken to my true self. Mm-hmm. So they can be beautiful moments, but we have to get used to surrendering to the idea that what's happening right now is my path to enlightenment. Maybe it doesn't look like the way I thought it was going to look, but this is obviously what I need. So now I'll work from this place of this must be what I needed. Mm -hmm. Now what? You know? Yeah. I think I have a quote in one of my classes that says, life will give you whatever experience is necessary for the evolution of your consciousness. Right. It's true. And it's always true. It's true. But we have to surrender to, to that and remember that because mm-hmm. otherwise we want to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And I think we think we're on the path if, we, if everything is always going perfectly mm-hmm. and we're blissfully happy. But we have to have those moments, like you talk about the difficult yoga postures. We have to have those. Mm-hmm. And those are what yeah. offer us the biggest place of liberation, you know, mm-hmm. those places of challenge and discomfort and, you know. So those are those are places of amazing growth. Mm-hmm. If we want to grow, then we have to be okay with those places. Yeah. You know. Oh, I have this I have this nice quote to read that I read today from Pima Chadron since we're talking about this. Oh, I love, I love it. what she, Yeah, I love what she says. She says, although it is embarrassing and painful. It is very healing to stop hiding from yourself. It is healing to know all the ways that you're sneaky, all the ways that you hide out, all the ways that you shut down, deny, close off, criticize people, all your weird little ways. You can know all of that with some sense of humor and kindness. By knowing yourself, you're coming to know humanness altogether. We are all up against these things. We are all in this together. I just love that quote so much because yeah, it's hard. It's painful, but, um, it ends up being this just amazing journey that takes you to the most beautiful places. If you're willing to look at all those things, Mm -hmm. you know, it's life on earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's life on humanness, Mm -hmm. but do it with kindness, you know, like we talk about, you know, I just heard someone say that they were trying to be kinder to themselves. So like in moments where they really screwed up, you know, where they would call them, you know, they would be so hard on themselves on the inside, like using a kinder word. So they call, started calling them, they would just say, oh, you're such a foolish goose. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's what that's what they would say to themselves on the inside. Instead uh-huh. of, you know, you asshole, you're so, yeah. you know, Something whatever, so. all the other things we call ourselves. They just decided one thing they could do is to pick something that's kind of funny so, oh, you're such a foolish goose. And that, that just brings about such a different energy than, yeah. oh, you fucked up again, yeah. you know. But so I thought that was cute. Yes. Like, you can just start there with this journey. That is a great. Right? That is so great. Yeah. Just find you a kinder way to yourself. talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. When in those moments where you think you messed up or whatever, you're being hard on yourself, find a kinder word about that. Start there mm-hmm. with the journey, you know. Yeah. So we talked a lot about, uh, you know, the physical practice, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun to have mm-hmm. you 
um, tell them a little bit about the eight limbs of yoga and, mm-hmm. and the other parts of yoga, because, mm-hmm. you know, as, as this conversation is kind mm-hmm. of progressing and, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about the postures and yoga mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. it's so paralleled to mm-hmm. life in mm-hmm. general and mm-hmm. the way we operate day to day and the things we encounter, you know, as, as you guys are hearing some of these stories. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about the, the different, Mm-hmm. Um, yamas and, and how those things incorporate into life yeah, as a absolutely. yogi. I mean, you know, we've talked about the postures. That's part of the eight limbs of yoga system. We want to remember that because when I say yoga is not opposed, that's true. But our bodies are part of this journey. Mm-hmm. So we do want to use the postures to help our bodies feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, physically wring out the muscles, create strength, create flexibility, find that awareness with the body. So the postures in themselves play this brilliant role mm-hmm. because we can't really find that place of contentment of what we call in yoga samadhi, that last limb. We can't really find samadhi, contentment, and bliss unless our bodies feel good. Mm-hmm. So the postures offer us this great, you know, way to really make our bodies feel the best that they could feel. So very, very important part of the eight limbs of yoga system. But the postures themselves can't lead us into that place of meditation and concentration where that the huge transformation takes place. We need more than just the postures to get there. And that's where the eight limbs of yoga comes in. It offers us all the other tools that we need to find that incredible place of transformation within the yoga practice. Um, It starts off with yamas and niyamas. So part of the eight limbs of yoga system is you start taking a look at how your relationship with the outside world. How can I change my relationship with the outside world and make it better? What do I need to do to change that relationship, right? So it gives you a list of different ways, different things that you can start working on to create a better relationship with everything around you, absolutely everything. And uh, and then it moves into, well, I've started creating a better relationship with myself through the way that I'm acting, through the choices that I'm making. Now, how do I create a better relationship with my with um myself? What does that take? And so then it offers you five uh, different things to practice to create a better relationship with yourself, you know, and then, you know, it starts to list, well, what are other things that we practice on our mat? So I'm getting into the postures, but is the breath there? Because if I'm not breathing nice and deeply from my diaphragm and really focusing on the breath and practicing pranayama, I'm not going to find that place of meditation where I start to find all that unconditional love. So beyond the postures, I have to start adding that deep, deep yoga breath, which takes a while. You don't step into yoga breathing the way that yogis breathe. That takes a while. It takes a lot of practice, and we have to be easy about this journey, but we start to add the breath into it along with the postures. We start to practice sense withdrawal. We start to concentrate more. You know, when we get all of this working together, all of this self-awareness, the breath, the postures, the focus, we find a place of meditation. What could a sense withdrawal look like for us? I know we've talked Mm -hmm. about this a few times Mm -hmm. and some funny things Mm -hmm. that that you've done and that I've done. Mm -hmm. So maybe share with them. What does sense withdrawal look like like when you're on your mat? Or just in life, like whenever you took a vow Mm -hmm. of silence. You can tell them about that. Right. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, I took a vow of silence for what was it, 24 hours. Yeah. And that was incredibly hard. Yeah. You know, um, 
I wandered out in the world, but I would take a little card with me that said, you know, I'm practicing a vow of silence to hand to anyone that went to talk to me. And, and I just experimented, you know, over the last 20 years, just different ideas of how to find that contentment on the inside, how to find that whole new world that yoga exposed us. So along the way, you know, people say, why don't you try fasting or try a vow of silence or try a vow of celibacy for, you know, do these different things and see what happens. Try the vegan diet. So a vow of silence is one of the things where, you know, I wanted to do to challenge myself and to see what happens when you're silent for 24 hours. We, most of us don't know. I, it was very hard at first. Um, the animals in my house were upset, you know, that, that, that's, you know, because they were so used to me looking at them and saying, hi, you're so beautiful. And so they were agitated all day. It was interesting to see that. Um, and when I wandered uh, to Myers, um, I remember a couple of people rushing up to me, so excited to tell me a lot of things. And when I handed them the card that said I wasn't talking, they were very disappointed. <laughs> like their face just dropped and they walked away. Because they wanted to engage. Um, and it was really hard. But anyways, by the end of it, by the next morning or whatever, when I could start speaking again, I sobbed. Because I had this realization of how much junk we put out there with our words, how much junk I was putting out there, how much confusion, how we use our words to hurt everyone. You know, I just saw all of that in it. And I found such a quiet, meditative place, just a soft place. I mean, if you want to... You want your ego to soften, take that away from it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have words anymore. Mm -hmm. What does it do? So my ego totally softened, and then I found just this beautiful place of kindness and love, a harmless place. I was more harmless. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have the weapon of words to use. I couldn't manipulate people with my words. Um, when that was taken away, I don't know, I just found this soft place, and then I didn't want to I was sad that I had to jump back into it because I knew that once I spoke that first word, I was going to be back in again, right? Mm -hmm. Never forgot that experience, though, so it always made me remember and, and pause and, a little bit more. Yeah, like think more. And, you know, a big part of yoga was just honestly getting me to shut up more, <laughs> which improved my relationships. <laughs> so <laughs> funny because if you guys would meet Kim in person, I'll post some pictures of her on her Instagram. She's a tiny, blonde, sweet, and then you get her talking. You're like, oh my, who are you? <laughs> That's right. Um, but, you know, yoga saying be the best variation of yourself you can be. So one thing that I really had to work on was that silence. And, and I've also told the story many times that after I started going to yoga to that first yoga class and I was uncomfortable and I was probably quiet at first because I, you know, you know, was out of my comfort zone. But then, you know, I got used to it and I started talking a lot. And then um, the teacher would ask me to be quiet, but I didn't see the point in that. So I would still talk to the person next to me while doing yoga, you know, or, or laugh a lot. And so eventually I got an email from my guru, the teacher at the time, and she said, you know, learn how to act in a yoga class or don't come back. And she said, yeah, she said, you need to be quiet. If you can't do that, you're no longer my student. So I stood there at the computer with my jaw, you know, just dropped. Because, I mean, it was a moment where someone was showing me who I was and they were saying, you know, this isn't, you, this can't, you can't stay like this and have a relationship with me or the practice. And I had to, you know, I had to own it. I mean, I could have said, well, she's not a good teacher. That's what our ego would say. Mm -hmm. Find a different Blame. teacher. Yeah, but instead, I really liked her. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, was this tiny little woman from India, but she was saying things I had never heard anyone say. 
And so I thought, I, what am I going to do? And then I just decided I'm going to have to shut up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was it. Yeah. I had to shut up. So I started going to yoga and I started being quiet. And if I did start to speak, she would look at me and she would say, no, everyone else in the class could speak, but not me. And I couldn't find the true essence of yoga without her being tough on me like that. So now I'm so grateful and I still see her around town, like at different stores. And um, I think she's still, you know, is surprised I'm a yoga teacher, you know, like, how did that happen? But um, I always think of her for giving me one of the best lessons ever. So the vow of silence was a continuation of that. Could I be quiet for 24 hours? Like, like, do I always have to think that it's so important what I have to say? Mm-hmm. And to really listen to someone, you're supposed to just find a place of space, mm-hmm. you know, like not speak, not speaking in your head while they're talking. Can I find those places? Um, different relationships in my life, you know, brought forth the same lesson. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that part of in a lot you know part of intimacy is is sharing yourself and and also listening and I wasn't very good at the listening part because that was my way to control intimacy yeah. well we have two ears you know. and one mouth right right <laughs> that's what my teacher yeah, told me because so, I am a talker too but you know <laughs> yeah you know we're both talkers but these are the kind of lessons that yoga brings to us and it says you know everything will improve if you just pay attention and try this mm-hmm. you know and so Sense withdrawal, that's one of the things that I decided to do. When you come on your mat, you're going to do ujjayi breath where there's some sound with the breath. That's giving your ears something to listen to so your ears aren't wandering into the outside world. You're now touching your mat and, you know, touching your body in certain parts of the posture. So now your sense of touch is coming here. So our senses are coming here so that our focus isn't leaking into the outside world, you know. And in Ashtanga, we don't listen to music actually right and so that, that was hard for me when I first started practicing right it's I'm very like, silent wait I have to listen to my own brain <laughs> for an hour and a half yes you do until you see how ridiculous and loud your own yeah. your own brain is it is very loud and, and when <laughs> Kim ca- ta- <laughs> when Kim counts to five it's like a hundred it's like one Mississippi <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Please. Yeah. I mean, at first it's like, oh my God, let me out of this. Count of five is difficult, but. But then sometimes you, know, you don't want it to be over. Either. You don't want it to be it's over. It's really interesting because sometimes your, mm-hmm. your, your mm-hmm. brain, when your you brain is there. engaged, it's like, oh my God, is this going to be over anytime soon? Just think about something else so you don't feel mm-hmm. it. Or, and then other times it's like, oh my God, this feels so good. Yeah. Wherever yeah. you are. Whenever you can relax into it. Absolutely. And the more you find samadhi through the eight limbs of yoga system, practicing all of that, not just postures, but, you know, let's breathe deeply. Let's have that self-awareness. Let's, you know, find that place of concentration, all of that. You find samadhi, that contentment more. And when you find that place of contentment, you're not thinking about the count anymore because you're just feeling that, that, that bliss on the inside. And suddenly a count of five feels like nothing you know suddenly you can do the practice and be in this place of bliss you know you're still going to hit your obstacles but the experience becomes very different you know Uh, and and it mimics life if I can find that place and stay there and observe my life it's a whole different experience from coming in and out of that place you know if I can find that place of contentment and trust the journey I can stay in that relaxed place 
And now it's just this beautiful experience, you know, instead of me, well, I like this, but I don't like this. And I like this pose because I can do it, but I don't like this pose. So I'm just not going to do that. You know, the resistance, the openness, and then resistance, openness, you know, that's not happening as much anymore. We're just finding a place of openness, observation, and letting things happen, knowing that it's all there to change you for the better, for personal growth, to bring you to the most beautiful place you've been. Um, When you view it from that place, even like you were talking about those difficult postures, we want to go there, Mm -hmm. you know, because we know where it's going to get us. Once you've experienced it enough, those breakthroughs, you want to go there. Yeah. So it changes things. I feel like when you're talking about your teacher Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, telling you to (laughs) not talk, (laughs) And, you know, these postures that we tend to not want to go into or avoid, like sometimes those teachings are in the moment, you know, if you've ever had a mentor or a teacher to guide you and, and you, 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 you know, sometimes everything's great and they're telling you you're so perfect and mm-hmm. everything's going great. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. good job. Good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. You go pat, pat, pat. Right, right, and right. then whenever things are like, mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, we have to true. go deeper here. Or, or why do you mm-hmm. think that? And you're mm-hmm. like, how dare you question me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Oh no. <sighs> what I are know. you talking about? They don't know anything. Maybe I shouldn't work with them anymore. You know, and you mm-hmm. start to get mm-hmm. really angry at the, mm-hmm. at the person who's only mm-hmm. trying to help you. Right. But oh, yeah. for some reason it's hard for us to view it that way in the moment. But man, every time I, I can, I'm just kind of like f- f- filtering through the file right now, looking back at every moment with my teacher or any coach that I've ever worked with that I've actually um, sub- subjected myself t- to these, the situation where I'm wanting to learn sometimes funny because your ego gets a lot of control i already know this Mm -hmm. yeah i already knew how to do that Mm -hmm. you know instead Mm -hmm. of 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 really relaxing into whatever the 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 message is or the teaching is and it's sometimes so funny to find that the message that is trying to be conveyed you thought you knew and you knew you you know it deep down but it's not what you thought Well, absolutely. I mean, they say one of the best places you can put yourself in is a place of, I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I know so much, but I don't know anything. And if you can stay humble Mm -hmm. and stay in that place, you know, that you're in a beautiful place to receive, you know, Mm -hmm. but ego does rear up and it does think, thinks it knows everything and thinks it knows uh, everything that should happen today. And, and then, you know, And then we wake up 20 years later still stuck in the same habits and still the same stories and still suffering because we let it run our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, yoga just offers a different option. Let's follow something else. But you got to become aware of that. And you become aware of that on your mat. And you do become aware of it when teachers, you know, want you to go deeper, want you to give more or whatever. And you know, you fight against that. That's just more resistance, Mm -hmm. more resistance. So you're finding your places of resistance. And then eventually we soften. I remember in Matthew Darling, I struggled in backbends when I first went to him. And I still struggle in backbends. I, I, you know, I don't know. I just do. But um, when I went to him and, you know, the first backbend I had to do in his class, I just didn't even want to do it. (laughs) I didn't want to do it because my backbends were so bad. And I just thought oh, he was certain you know, he didn't let you do them. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> that backbend, Kim, 20 years of yoga and this year backbend. Um, no, instead he came over to me, you know, and I, I, 
he's like, what are you doing? You know, why aren't you got to, you know, aren't you going there? And I said, you know, I'm going to cry instead. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said my first time with him. I said, I'm going to cry instead because my back bends really suck and I don't want to do them. And he said, well, first, let's be softer about the journey. Uh-huh. You know, we're not going to say back bends suck, you know. It may be a p- place of struggle, but let's not label it with that. Um, and so then he's like, I'm just going to be here with you. I'll sit with you. We'll do this together. You know, he was going to sit there and watch me do my back bends, but it was still someone helping me face my fear. But I did three, you know, and that's what we're supposed to do, right, for Ashanga, and that's really hard on me. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you know, now do three more. You know, and that's the way that he was helping me mm-hmm. face all of it. If you're afraid to do three, let's do six. Mm. Let's not make it such a big deal. Mm -hmm. But he also wouldn't let me go there when I was panicking and in that place of this is terrible. He's first, we're going to relax. Then we're going to go there. But I just remember that, you know, I was like, I got three done. And then he said, all right, you're on your own now. Do three more, you know. And I felt like, ah, are you kidding me? You want me? I I just told you it's my hardest, you know, pose (laughs) where I fall apart. (laughs) And, you know, he's like, okay, we'll fall apart, but give me three more because mm. there's nothing wrong with falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, break down and then we break through. But I love those lessons from our teacher where we're just not expecting them to say what they're going to say or yeah. to have us do what, 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 you know, but, you know, they know what to do. Mm-hmm. They're observing us. They know what it takes and they're there to help mm-hmm. guide us. You know, you still own your journey. You own your practice mm-hmm. at all times. But uh, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You, you know, you still get to decide. Yeah. But um, I love, I love when our teachers surprise us like that with those moments. And ego mm-hmm. wants to, you know, run out Resist. of the room. Yeah, yeah. And, but we don't. We don't. You know, eventually yeah. we don't. Surrender was a is a hard thing for me to understand because mm-hmm. when I first, um, you know, was even introduced to that concept of mm-hmm. surrender. I'm like, what mm-hmm. do you mean that? like what be mm-hmm. weak people do give up what do you, you know to give up right. i was you know my oh, dad know. is from yeah. ukrainian descent and i'm coming right. from a very strict conservative household mm-hmm. and you do not give up like surrender was a word it's like a that's like a dirty word in my <laughs> my world at least my in my um you know uh what mm-hmm. i've absorbed in this lifetime of mm-hmm. of understanding mm-hmm. and so you know that concept has been one of my biggest um one of my biggest gifts and biggest challenges in my my life personally is learning how to be tough but be soft and how to mm-hmm. be protected mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. be open and mm-hmm. how to allow things mm-hmm. to happen for you instead mm-hmm. of feeling like you are the one who has to do it. And I feel like that's a really good way to um, comprehend uh, surrender is mm-hmm everything is just supposed to happen for you. And if you ever feel resistance, you just need to lean into the fact that it should be easy and it Mm -hmm. can be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, if you just soften a little bit. So I think our teachers are there to teach us that. They are. (laughs) They really are. They really are. In some, you know, cryptic way. (laughs) (laughs) They really are. I love it. I love I mean, just the word surrender, when we say it, it makes us relax. I mean, you know, I mean, just the feeling that I get when I say surrender. But yeah, it has been a journey for me to be comfortable surrendering and to see the power in surrendering. You know, like you talk about it being weak or that's what we're we're led to to think about surrender. But, you know, it's really one of the hardest things, one of the strongest and hardest things you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Surrender. 
And then you usually find everything you're looking for in that act of surrender, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I guess what convinced me in a sense to surrender more, to play around with the idea that all these other spiritual teachers were saying, Eckhart Tolle and all of them are all big on surrender because they say as soon as you surrender, things transform. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that more. It goes against everything we're taught. Yeah. It goes against ego. No way is ego going to surrender. So when you do surrender, you've just transcended ego. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the most beautiful place you could possibly be. Mm-hmm. You're free. Mm-hmm. You're completely free. And so I just started practicing that more. But first, you have to become aware of where you're not surrendering. There's a great book, The Untethered Soul, that's all about that. I love that book. That book so is, good. yeah, I love that book. And I and I come back to it a lot when I feel like I've forgotten how to surrender or yeah. I forgot the beauty of it. Maybe mm-hmm. I still know how, but I yeah. forgot that so much comes from it, that, that usually you get everything you want when you surrender. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll forget that. So that book, I always have that book with me to quick read, you know. A part of it to remind myself, oh, yeah, if I, instead of pushing, if I relax, what happens? You know, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. To relax instead of force, instead of push, you know, can I relax in this moment where I don't want to relax at all? But yeah, once you start doing it, it it's really beautiful yeah and even in um, a yoga pose like in a mm-hmm. posture mm-hmm. if you try to push yourself mm-hmm. yeah, you can't do that into a position because you want to go farther mm-hmm. you're gonna get hurt you're gonna get hurt and if you surrender into right. the position mm-hmm. your body softens absolutely you just allow yourself to yeah, it's go a total different experience you know you can go absolutely anytime you force someone gets hurt Usually it's you, whether it's a yoga pose or something else in life. Anytime you force anything, someone gets hurt. And uh, usually you're just hurting yourself. So <clears throat> that great act of surrender. Oh, it's so meaningful and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that act. But it took me 20 years to learn how to surrender. And some people, you know, <laughs> that's, the sad, that's the sad part. And, you know, why we're really doing this on this podcast and with Limitless Hairdresser and why I chose to just push past my own fears to talk about this kind of stuff publicly because, God, it's the worst to see people, you know, at the end. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're just like, mm-hmm. I wish I would have done this or I mm-hmm. wish I would have done that. Or mm-hmm. when I hear people say that and there's so much regret and there's no time, like time is short. And if you don't, allow yourself the opportunity to have a full fulfilled peaceful enjoyable you know the sunny day walking down the street where everything opens up for you kind of Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. like what is it all for absolutely you know if you get to the end and you're you're on your way out and and you still don't you know you're just now find it Mm -hmm. it's kind of sad it's it's like how many years can we um preserve instead of throw away yeah, I mean, you know, the quicker, you know, why not start now, right? Yeah, now, you know, right now, just go to the, <laughs> right now. you know, yeah, I mean, you can close your eyes and just sit and meditate for, you know, one minute right now, you can start pick up that book, The Untethered Soul. Mm-hmm. You can start to read that now, you can go to that first yoga class today, you mm-hmm. can start that journey, you know, inward, yeah. and, and, and find 
what you're looking for and start to change yourself so that you feel better and everything in your life starts to feel better. I found it through yoga and so I, you know, couldn't be more grateful for this path. I'm so glad it exists. I just yeah. don't know who I would be, or what I'd be doing without it because it allowed that space for me to transform myself, transform my relationship with myself so that I felt good about, you know, who I am and, and what I'm doing and the choices I'm making and just brought that awareness and consciousness to me, you know. But I mean, we can just start that journey. When I started, I think I was reading like uh, 20 books at one time, right? Mm -hmm. When I started to get curious about meditation, yoga, when I just started meditating, going to that yoga class, then I started going just to the library and I would check out like every yoga and meditation book I could, all the spiritual books. Yeah. What is this all about? How does this work? How do we change ourselves? What is, you know, what are they all talking about? Uh, what's a higher consciousness, right? I just started reading everything I could, going to yoga once a week, finding that meditation class. Now there's YouTube to find a lot of things yeah. on YouTube. You could just watch a YouTube video. You could just listen to a guided meditation on YouTube today and it will change you. Yep. It will change you, you know. And, and the thing is, you know, there's that saying, if, if, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you do want to change your life or you want to change something about yourself, nothing changes, you know. If something doesn't change, you have to do something different. Yep. Just even one thing. Yes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you're just doing the same thing over and over and you're not happy, how does that change unless we do something different? Whatever that is. It could be you change your diet today. It could be you become a vegetarian today or you're taking the vegan leap. Uh, but we have to do something different. And, and, you know, that's why yoga says come to your mat, meet yourself, mm -hmm. and let's decide what we want to change. For me, I felt so good in yoga, and then I would go back to my outside world, which wasn't a happy place at the time. And I started to see the difference and I started to go, oh my gosh, the way I feel in yoga, that's an option. I could feel that way in every area of my life if I wanted to. Um, that's what started to change everything in my life for me was just going to yoga and going, I feel so good here. And I feel so much unconditional love here and support. I just feel different. And I'm going to go back into the outside world and I'm going to feel like shit again. But eventually... I'm going to, they're, they're going to start to feel the same. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make enough changes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do enough yoga practices. It's always there, right? <laughs> like it's Absolutely. not the physical. It's not like, okay, right. when I'm in right. yoga class, this mm -hmm. is how I get to feel because mm -hmm. I have yoga pants on and mm -hmm. I'm in a, in mm -hmm. a room on a mat. It's, it's not the, the environment that changed mm -hmm. you. It's right. the inside that changed you. Right. So my, the, in, yeah, my inner world changed my, ideas about myself changed and then I made changes in the outside world accordingly because then you start to look at all the everything in your life and does it align with it does it align with that does it make sense for who you want to be or where you want to go um you know you start looking at you know your diet and you start looking at the relationships that you've chosen and the people you're you just everything you start to go hmm does this align with where I'm going and who I'm becoming and, and what, you know, where I'm headed and who I want to be. So you start to make little, you know, little changes here. And it's weird because then, you know, you wake up 20 years later and you don't know how you got here, you know. You're <laughs> like, when Kelly asked me that, I think on the last podcast, you know, how'd you get here? And I I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, <laughs> we're talking about the last 20 years of my life, Kelly. Yeah. So much has happened from, you know, 
from where I started to where I am now, but we're all on the same journey and it never stops, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here and going to mm-hmm. do our closing prayer mm-hmm. with all of you, you know, as we make these small changes, like Kim's saying, making small changes just to get to that place that we want to be, the place we want to feel like more often internally and see things and externally doing those things really does change you but it also like Kim was saying earlier changes for everyone around you so if you're happier you're going to start seeing people who are happier around you if you're truly feeling kinder to yourself people are going to be more kind to you back um so really when we practice yoga Mm -hmm. or practice the eight limbs of yoga Mm -hmm. um the different things that go along with that, it really is good and beneficial for the rest of the world. So just one small step for yourself is really one small step for yourself, (laughs) one large (laughs) leap for humanity, (laughs) but it really is. And and everything benefits, everything benefits from your act of meditation, your act of yoga. And if you want to tell them maybe a little bit about what we're about to do at the The closing prayer, closing prayer, what that means and, Mm -hmm. and uh, what it's for. Right. So the closing prayer, it is, you know, when we come into our closing prayer at the end of yoga, we are recognizing that yoga is not a selfish act. It is an act for all living things, raising everything up to a higher state of consciousness. So at the end, we come together, we say this prayer in Sanskrit which is a language that we honor when we come into yoga class. That's such a beautiful language, so I'm glad we, you know, we get to hear it when we come to yoga. Um, let's see, so I'll say the prayer, uh, the English translation is, May all be well with mankind. May the leaders of the earth protect in every way by keeping to the right path. May there be goodness for those who know the earth to be sacred. May all the worlds be happy. That one line may uh, all the leaders protect, you know, and, and keep us on the right path. We've strayed so far from that, the leaders of the world being on the right path. That's an important sentence to me right now. I hope we get back to a place where the leaders of the world are, you know, on the right path. Mm-hmm. To head us all well, in a good direction. Maybe we should just you consider know? ourselves the leaders of the world. We could, the yogis. <laughs> you know, it's not, open for interpretation there, right? You know, we don't have to give all the power away. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't mean politically taking a side yeah. on anything. I just mean we've just strayed so far from that idea mm-hmm. of the big leaders of the world coming to a place where we're making choices that benefit everyone. And I hope we come back to that. And, and, and again, you know, whatever side we're on with all of that, it's just, you know, messed up right now. So, and you know. it starts with us, right? Yeah, I mean, it all, it all starts now. So, you know, I like how the closing prayer even honors that part of it and mm-hmm. says, come on, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Is, and is this what we mean to be doing? And, you know, we can get back. We can get back to a place that, you know, benefits us all because we're all in this together mm-hmm. whether we acknowledge that or not because ego separates us but the truth is we're all in this together mm-hmm. so yeah we can say our closing prayer in sanskrit it's a beautiful prayer um i thought these prayers were very weird when i started yoga and i said <laughs> i would never chant in yoga when my teachers were doing it my ego said, "That's not. I'm never doing that. That's so weird. But um, eventually, it didn't become weird anymore. It just became this beautiful act 
where we can just send out this beautiful energy and come together as one. So here we go. Enjoy. We doing call and response? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is how we do it in practice. So we'll do it. We'll do it like that. All right. Swasti Praja Byaha. Swasti Praja Byaha. Prali Paliantam. Prali Praliantam. Naina Maragina. Naina Maragina. Mahim Mahishaha. Mahin Mahishaha. Go Brahmine Byaha. Go Brahmine Byaha. Shiva Mastunidyam. Shiva Mastunidyam. Logaha Samastaha. Lokaha Samastaha. Sukino Bhavantu. Sukino Bhavantu. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Om Peace, Peace, Perfect Peace. Feels so good. Now, again, if you go to yoga it class, you don't so have to chant. <laughs> don't let that keep you from yoga class. There's going to be a lot of weird things you don't have to do at first. You don't have to give up all your comfort zones. The teacher's not going to make you chant. They can't make you do anything. You own your practice. You own your experience. We're just there giving you options. You know, we're just kind of asking you to relax a little bit more and allow a little bit more, but it's your journey. You know, it can take you 20 years to chant in a yoga class, or the first time you go, you might feel like it's right. But yeah. Or you know, just listen. Yeah, a lot of students just... I did a lot of listening in the beginning. I was like, yeah, what is a lot this of students, sorcery? <laughs> a lot of students <laughs> just listen, but chanting is just there to build more good energy. It's no different than saying mm -hmm. hallelujah. You know, it's just coming together, recognizing the truth about all of this, you know, and just bringing more empowering, beautiful energy to the world. That's all it is. But uh, when we first come to yoga... There's a lot of things that can seem very strange and, you know, you take your time and you do what feels right, you know, each day, each practice. All that matters is that you show up. Just show up. Just guys. show up. Just Come on. Up. What are you waiting for? Show Just up to glow up. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> Just show up. Just do it for you. Do it for yourself. You know, I mean, I mean, you're going to, it's amazing where it takes you, but give yourself that time and space today for that transformation to happen, right? Yeah. We don't force it to happen. We don't force meditation to happen, but we provide the environment, uh, the tools for it to happen. Mm -hmm. So you just come and sit on your mat. Yep. That's a start, right? Mm -hmm. I love it. Or listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this, oh my gosh, you've already done your yoga you've for today. You've duties. done your yoga for today. <laughs> They've all done their yoga today. Yes. Honestly, listening to this, it really, it is true. Mm -hmm. They're getting the yoga energy. Yep. They're, con you know, that's beautiful. Their minds are opening, mm -hmm. you know, or they might, you know, you know, even uh, when you come to yoga, Buddha has this saying where he says, you know, you know, no matter who says it, you know, their eyes say it or another teacher says it or your parents say it or whatever. If it doesn't feel right to you, toss it aside. Mm -hmm. What feels right to you. So that's another thing we remember when we are listening to things like this or coming to yoga if it f aligns with you today, if it feels right, if we've said something that feels right, hold on to it. Mm -hmm. And if it feels like crap, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> you don't you take mean, only what they, you need. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not doing yoga. But, you know, it's we get to decide what we open up to. Mm -hmm. We can spend our whole life resisting it all. I mean, 
According to the Buddha way, you live a million times. Eventually, you will finally relax Mm -hmm. and allow and have the most beautiful experience. It may take you a million lifetimes before you do yoga. Maybe this is your millionth lifetime, so. Maybe this is, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you got it. This but is it. Um, <laughs> This is it. But Show's you know. over. <laughs> but no harsh judgments about it. It all happens when it happens. But yeah. I like doing this just fun. to inspire people just to say, are you looking for a way today to feel better, to change, to whatever? Here's a way. Here's how I did it. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing it. It's all about sharing. <laughs> well, thank you, Kim, so much yes, for being on today. For having this was me. amazing. Yes. And I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Kim Scott, my mm-hmm. Ashtanga yoga teacher from the yoga place. And if you're ever in Midland, mm-hmm. oh come my gosh, be so great. Flow with us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Namaste. Namaste. Mm-hmm. Thank you.